Hello. Oh, hello. Welcome. <laughs> the creepy way to start that. A surprise <laughs> morning one, I guess. Uh, here we are. Uh, thank you for joining us for this um, uh, interestingly scheduled episode. Uh, if you haven't been checking out <laughs> RTX at home this week and last week, you should. It is the last day, but hey, there's still stuff to do. <laughs> and a lot of it's archived on the website, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and on, yeah, uh, it, it's all there. Just look up RTX at home. You can find all sorts of cool stuff, including the panel we did um, that, is, that was posted last week. Um, but this episode of Death Metal Cast is brought to you by Mac Weldon and Full Sail. Thank you for sponsoring this. And we are doing this live on YouTube for, for some reason. So here we time. go. I, yeah, I don't know. This... With, <laughs> With RTX going on, it's been crazy with the schedules and everything. So we're like, hey, let's just do it live on YouTube on uh, Friday. So here we are. Here we are. Good morning, everyone. Yes, <laughs> it is. It is too early for this. <laughs> yeah. uh, but as always, I'm Ben, the voice of Wiz. That's that's Chad, voice of Boomstick. We are joined by two people who worked very hard on the most recent episode of Death Battle, the second ever live action episode. Uh, first up, we've got. Danny Shepard, say hi, Danny. Hey, yo, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> the director of the fight, uh, one of the one of the main guys over at Ismahawk. If you have not checked out the Ismahawk channel, you really should. They are a bunch of badass uh, people who make some awesome, uh, awesome stuff. Uh, and and world's best Nightwing cosplayer. Now. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, if and uh, of course we got Josh as well. Hello, uh, the writer. What's up, Josh? Thank you guys Hi. for joining us this early in the morning. <laughs> it's great. I feel like this is my Troy and Abed in the morning fantasy come true. <laughs> so, <laughs> there we go. What are you talking about, Ben? We're all bursting with energy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I've had my coffee. Well, at least, <laughs> <good to> go. <laughs> at least it's like soda. It's like 1030 for you guys. It's like 830 for me. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right <laughs> uh, so, hey, since uh, we're live on YouTube and Danny's here, I'm going to shamelessly just shill his channel. Uh, you guys should open up another tab and then look up Ismahawk and then go subscribe because they're they make really cool, awesome stuff and you should do that. And then go watch every video they've ever made. That's the other part of this. Okay. Leave a comment. We would very <laughs> much appreciate yes. it. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. <laughs> subscribe, ring that bell, all that other stuff. Yeah. All right. So, all the uh, stuff. <laughs> so the main thing we want to talk about with, with this week's episode is Winter Soldier versus Red Hood. Um Normally we do sort of a Q&A session with this, but uh, fortunately it looks like, Josh, your writing was so succinct that most people don't seem to have a problem with the verdict. Great, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess the main issues were just like, or the main questions were like, were, were things that were kind of covered uh, that was like, uh, but, but Red Hood was trained, oh, spoilers, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk about the winner. <laughs> so if you have not seen Winter Soldier vs. Red Hood, you probably should just go do that right now. Um, you absolutely should go do it and 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 look for the Easter eggs. We planted yes. lots of them. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Uh, but I guess I guess the main counterpoint that came up was like Red Hood's trained by Batman. That autom automatically makes him better. Like that mm. argument. Like that was like the main thing that I saw. Yeah. Um, which I think a lot of people underestimate Bucky's training and physical prowess. Like. I don't know. There were a lot of people who were posting like, 
Bucky Barnes is just some dude. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> I, think I, so. I think you missed the whole rundown, buddy. <laughs> it's very yep. impressive, dude. That. <laughs> Try not to skip to the fight. We we do have a lot of information to cover in these episodes. <laughs> yeah. Also, even Batman's without the great. arm. But Bruce kind of sucks as a mentor. I'm just gonna say, yeah, just <laughs> not the best. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, he's really great at some things, but yeah. not as good at not not. He doesn't have a tender hand. <laughs> he's, he's, he doesn't he's nurture very, them. He has a, he has a certain kind of you know like uh, it's a very particular <laughs> style, and if you don't quite fit in there, uh, you're going to get killed by the Joker. Basically, <laughs> yeah. He strikes me as the kind of dad who like he has four kids and kind of really screws up with the first one, like. <laughs> tries to do something different with the second one, screws that one up, and then the third and the fourth one, he's like, all right, well, I think I figured it out just like just enough to figure it out with Tim and Damien. <laughs> I mean, he fucked up pretty bad with Tim. He got his girlfriend killed. Yeah. Or killed. She came back a year later, of course. Yeah. But seems like he's Damien doing okay with Damien. biological son, so this one counts more. Uh, <laughs> this so is a little more important. This is it. I, I, I can't fuck <laughs> this one up. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about uh, the process of, of what we did here, because um, mm. this is our second ever mm. live action death battle, which is crazy. Uh, if you guys have not seen the first one, Nightwing versus Daredevil, that was also done by uh, the wonderful folks at Ismahawk and Danny even played Nightwing. Yep, that's, that's just like that. Perfect. That's, that's like just that. what I did. Wow. There you go. Everybody gets one. Perfect. <laughs> um, but uh, let, let's talk a little bit about how we, we sort of led into this episode. Because after, like, we were talking about this episode while we were making Nightwing vs. Daredevil. Like, on, on set. set. We, we were like, hey, Ben. <laughs> hey, Ben. Like, it would be really cool if we did Winter Soldier vs. Red Hood. Just saying. You don't have to do anything, but just saying. Well, <laughs> because you guys, so you've done uh, a video series on your channel um, yeah. a while back, uh, a minute matchup, which was mm -hmm. sort of similar to Death Battle in a way. It's kind of the uh, way we found you guys uh, in that it was not as, matchups not as between comic book characters. Oh, right. I, I mean, <laughs> uh, it's, you guys it's very are the much kings. like the live action DBX, I guess you could say. Um, right. But uh, so you guys have a history with with Red Hood, you, Nightwing, you did fan films and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there was sort of a, a drive to have that kind of episode or at least a conversation going on even before we met, I believe. Right. Yeah. I mean, Red Hood's one of my favorite characters. And uh, I mean, I think you can tell that there's a lot of love put into into this one. Uh, and uh, I also like Captain America Winter Soldier is my favorite Marvel movie, and it has been uncontested since it came out. So, like, I absolutely <laughs> love the Winter Soldier as well. So it was it, it felt like just so much fun bringing these characters to life. So and we felt like it was something we could do well in live action. And, uh, you know, uh, th thankfully, you guys thought so, too. That's really the, the, <laughs> the big one, you know? <laughs> I mean, I think it was definitely there are definitely some challenges for this one compared to Nightwing, uh, um, uh, Nightwing Daredevil. I forgot who we fought yeah. for a second. <laughs> um, Unforeseen. Uh, like, say, a metal arm. <laughs> I was going to say that probably the strangest cha challenge of all was um, COVID kind of got in the way a little bit. Um, yeah. 
which uh, I think a lot of people were wondering when was the shot and where COVID, what kind of COVID precautions were taken? Figured we should so this, at least address that. This was right before. Um, this was right before COVID really exploded in the U.S. So it was literally like as we were on set is when the panic started uh, everywhere. Like, um, like uh, we were fine, and it was like it was getting really bad up in like the Pacific Northwest. That was where, like, you know, that's sort of where everything was happening. And uh, there was no cases in Las Vegas. We didn't really know what precautions to take, but we were still trying to be as careful as we could be. But the biggest challenge was like, we had we had a sound person drop last minute. Uh, so all of our sound had to be done in post-production because we couldn't get someone back on set because they were scared of, of COVID. And, uh, and uh, getting food to set was a nightmare because that was when everybody was ransacking the stores out here. So trying to get lunch and try to get crafty for everyone like everyone on the last day of shooting had to wait like three hours for crafty because we oh, man. because they're, they're just, the lines at the store were so long everything was sold out so the 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 good news is is covid hadn't become like a thing in las vegas yet but the panic had started so we were dealing with the pre <clears throat> of everything and it was just it was it was one of those circumstances where I was like, we have to shoot the, uh, the probably the highest production value project we've ever done. And we have to do it with this <laughs> yeah. kind of like fear over our shoulder. So I want to, uh, you know, specify to everybody that no, COVID was not a problem, wasn't an issue. Like it was like on our set, nobody got sick, nothing happened because again, Vegas was it was right at the beginning. But it's right at the mm -hmm. time when everyone's like, oh, this this could be a thing. Like yeah. right, yeah. Yes. So yeah. It's like it, it, it's almost mm. convenient in a way, but not because uh, if I remember right, this was like very early March. Because basically, if mm -hmm. the shoot had happened the next weekend, it would have been everything would have had to shut down essentially. Like one that day was later, the weekend. Yeah, like that week was the week where everybody started going out and 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 taking all the toilet paper. Like it was mm -hmm. that that yeah. same. It was right <laughs> yeah. before all that happened, um, which was crazy. Uh, but like. It, it, was, it was so Dude, close to it all that like go ahead uh, i'm sorry our governor shut down the city uh the two days after we wrapped so like literally we wrapped <laughs> crazy. went home wow. we're chilling out and then the next day he was like we're shutting down everything everything stops and we were like oh my gosh i can't believe we finished in time oh my god <laughs> <That's amazing>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, literally, yeah. I was planning to go out there uh, uh, to visit the shoot like we did for Nightwing Daredevil up until just a couple days beforehand uh, when all the when all the uh, um, airliners started uh, having issues and, and limiting right. people. And and then our company was like, oh, we should probably not send people over state lines like that was that era or, or that time period. Um, right. And it was nuts. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm so happy that you guys managed to fit it all in. Right before too, it all really went bad, uh, and, and make do from there, because um, like, turned out awesome, man. Like, it just oh yeah, that. Uh, I love this episode so much. Uh, so let's you. talk about the fight itself, though. Um, let's just talk a little bit about um, just the process. So, uh, Josh, being the writer, you've been writing this episode for for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Right. Like <laughs> 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 yeah. First, first draft was like. Uh, a year ago, literally, like fall of 2019, we started writing the first draft of it. And then um, 
And then uh, eventually after we got like a first draft of the fight, or maybe even a second draft of the fight, we shared it with with y'all over at Ismahawk and then we started talking right. through it and stuff. And that was really fun to like start collaborating with you guys on it. Um, Cause that's always a fun process is like, you can come up with the fight oh, yeah. with the researchers, but then bringing in the team that's going to make it always elevates it. Um, well, so well, especially great. like, it's it's a, a very unique scenario because it's not just like we went to like a live action like stunt studio and was like, hey, we want you to do this. Like you guys are huge fans of comic books and yeah. stuff. So it's not just right. like, oh, we're going to tell you what to do. You guys then also are like, oh, can we do this and this and this? Because like it'd be cool. And like the character would want, you know, so it's been really awesome. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember in the beginning we had because, yeah, Joshua, you wrote such a, a solid a base. We just kind of needed to kind of like push and pull some things in order to make it, mm -hmm. you know, uh, with, with when it's independent and the budget isn't like, you know, gigantic, it's like, okay, well, what can we do? What do we have access to that will give us the highest production value possible? So like we, you know, obviously we, we would taper things to be like, okay, well we can do this really well. So we should, we should do this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember the one thing that we kind of talked about was like, like, Oh well, uh, you know Jason's emotional state is you know he's uh, because of the Lazarus pits and because of his you know uh, just all of his experiences and I know the character intimately because we put him in our Nightwing series so I, and I've read like a ton of his comics. I mean, uh, I was introduced to him in 2005 when he was first reintroduced uh, in Hush, and uh, I think it was 2005. Don't quote me on that, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> I was like, dude, uh, I, I remember throwing that out there. I'm like, what if we had this like PTSD Joker sequence that really set him over the edge, pissed him off so bad that that's when he wants to charge in and really like kind of start making some some brash decisions against Winter Soldier. You guys were like, oh, dude, that sounds awesome. And I was like, really yes. awesome. Great, because I love that <laughs> idea so much. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think especially since you you guys had talked about doing this for for years and you already had ideas that I'm sure right. have been floating in your head and in your team's heads for 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 years at this point. Mm -hmm. And every so often, maybe like five years ago, you'd just be thinking like, "Oh, this would be really cool to do once we ever do this matchup." So we didn't necessarily yeah. want to take that away from you guys because Death Metal is very much like uh, a creative process that I think is different than a lot of others, uh, especially like the narrative shows. You know, like right. Ruby, your red versus blue, that's all focusing on one, you know, uh, um, vision throughout the whole series. Where, whereas with Death right. Battle, we can kind of just take each episode by itself. Mm -hmm. And I'm totally, mm -hmm. I'm totally a fan of each episode being just its own individual project Anthology. on its own. And everybody who works on it just gets to create everything of that, of that episode um, of, of what they think it should be like. Um, that's why so I love working with you guys so 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 much like the <laughs> the the like you guys gave us the sandbox and then you give like kind of just let us go and play and build whatever we want in that sandbox as long as we hit these things like and it made it so creatively fulfilling and like i think we were able to really push the limits of, of what we could do because of that creative flexibility that you gave us I believe the all the audience enjoyed it as well because you know it's because of you guys that it even ended up being anything close to what it is, you know. It's awesome. I, mean, I, I said it in the comments. We love but we, with you guys. Yeah, we love working with you guys too. You guys are like the easiest oh, yeah. people to work with in the world. Yeah. So it, uh, it's great. Uh, also, <laughs> I, I did want to real quick, but I've seen a couple comments in the chat that are just like, "This isn't really live." Yes, it is. 
There you go. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can prove it. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Is there somebody in the chat that we want to call out? Uh, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out as we're, as we're on, I'm sure. Um, let's see. There's, the first one I see is Ultra Instinct Goku. Great. Of course, that's the... You know. <laughs> Of course, that's the first. Of course, copy. that's the username. I'm just, I'm just seeing a bunch of like death battle requests. Just right. Just like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if this is necessarily the right time to do that, but okay, we're not really <laughs> looking for requests right now. We're more so just talking about an episode that exists. Yeah. Sorry, uh, what were you gonna say, Ben? Uh, oh, uh, I did want to say. So I don't. I don't remember this being in the script. So I think this is something you guys might have added, Danny. Uh, the big yeah. belly burger at the beginning. Yeah, that was us. <laughs> so that, that, yeah, that wasn't originally planned. Uh, came back from with, with them, uh, but it is funny uh, how, especially the second half, um, we've had Sonic's hot dog, Beerus's ice cream, Leonardo's pizza, and now Jason's hamburger. This, for some reason, this the theme of this season is uh, everybody's lunch just gets screwed and then no they one die. Gets they just can't eat, man. <laughs> we, we actually made that big belly burger bag for another project, and we had it on hand. And uh, Melissa's like, "Can we use it?" And I was like, "I feel like why not have him walk in with a big belly burger bag? He had just maybe been fighting crime, and and uh, you know he went and picked up some dinner, and now he has to fight Winter Soldier." Originally, he was going to actually take a couple bites out of the burger. Uh, but, you know, after a couple of bites, Tim was like, I don't know, I don't, can, do I have to keep taking a bite? And we were like, no, you don't have to. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, you, you've talked about how there are a bunch of Easter eggs in the fight. I mean, that, that's yeah. one of the more obvious ones, but there's apparently a lot. There's uh, a, we how planned how a lot. many do you think there might be little, little references to, to find? References? So, like, I guess we kind of, like, went in and tried to count them up and... We were like, does this count as an Easter egg? This is more of a reference or like this. So I think there's like around 20 or 30 uh, references or Easter eggs. Some of them are deep cuts. Nice. Uh, one of the ones that I was really, really proud of, and this is a spoiler for the ending, uh, the gun exploding in his hand. I'm really surprised nobody noticed it in the comments. Uh, I, it might have been just too deep of a cut, maybe, I guess. Uh, but when he when the gun explodes in his hand, that's a throwback to Under the Red Hood. Because when uh, when Bruce throws the battering into the gun and it bursts in his hand, he's like, ah, uh, I thought that would really kind of be cool and work for the climactic finale that you have his, you know, it, it's kind of like a throwback to that. You know, that's how a lot of people are familiar with Red Hood, uh, their, their first in, uh, uh, interaction with him. So I don't know. I thought that would be cool. It doesn't seem like anybody noticed. So I'm like, maybe some of these are, maybe some of these are too deep. Dude, <laughs> but, dude, I know the feeling. Uh, we just did um, Flash versus Sonic, right? Yeah. And, um, the battle takes place in, in, or at least the first half takes place in the Cosmic Interstate, which is a, a set piece from the Archie Sonic comics. It's like a highway right. through the galaxy. Uh, and at one point, Flash or, or takes Sonic, or, or I think Sonic takes Flash off the highway into the void and through a portal. And when that happens, it all goes black and white. And I was like, this would be such a cool little reference because there's one comic where they're on the cosmic interstate and they go off of it into what's called the neutral zone In the neutral zone, everything is black and white and they let the reader like color it in. I'm like, that's going to be an awesome reference and people are going to get it. Nobody got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're such a big fan of this thing. Like you're a fan of Sonic, just like I'm a fan of like, you know, uh, Marvel and DC. So it's like you plant these little Easter eggs and then nobody notices and you're like, 
Well, I noticed at least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one's for me. It's funny in the yeah. scale too. Like Ben just referenced probably like the most obscure little Easter egg you could possibly imagine. <laughs> yeah. But I even remember um, where in Iron Man when I was watching Iron Man in theaters and um, and Rhodey looks at the the prototype suit and like. Yeah. nods and then goes like next time and like i lost my shit in the theater me too no one else oh yeah not a <laughs> single other soul was like hyped about it and like i, I just had to, I had to like even my wife was like looking at me and i'm like no because like, he's war machine so like that's i'll tell you later like, yeah, like <laughs> he, he, he's like he's like iron man's robin <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like that's, that's how a much it was more when obvious Jackson... one but yeah i was so I was disappointed in that theater. That's all <laughs> so I, I, I highly recommend, even if you've already watched uh, Winter Soldier vs. Red Hood, go back, <clears throat> check out the fight, keep an eye on the background. There's some really cool stuff that these guys put in the background. Uh, you you kind of highlighted some of the like, photos and stuff on the wall in your yeah. behind scenes video that's on the Ismahawk channel. Like, dude, uh, I remember us talking about doing stuff like that for Nightwing Daredevil. Um, right. And, and it just didn't end up kind of working out. Uh, but you guys went so all out with this episode with all the stuff in the background and and not not just like the awesome action because like tyler and tim were such good Mm -hmm. casting choices yeah not just because they look like the characters and they can pull them off but because they are incredible stuntmen incredible Mm -hmm. incredible choreographers um Mm -hmm. what's it like talk about them a little bit what's it like tim and I mean, I freaking love those guys. Uh, Tyler, this is probably, I think, the third or fourth time I've worked with Tyler. Uh, This is the first time working with Tim. He was good friends with Tyler, and I could not have been happier for bringing Tim on board. He is, honestly, he's a beast, dude. He is such a, he's tough as nails, but the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Uh, Both (laughs) of them are, I mean, if you watch our behind the scenes, you kind of get a taste of their personalities. They are, it's funny, we always have Tyler playing these like silent brooding heroes because he's like the goofiest, funniest, like most (laughs) fun and charismatic guy to be around. He's such a, a good energy, Tim as well. And they just, they're troopers, man. They like, as soon as we hit, we call action, they're going at it 100%. And they're so, so passionate about like uh, about their craft that it makes it so so easy for jeremy and i to do our jobs and for everyone on the team to do their jobs because they're so in tune and you know like uh tim has worked on big hollywood productions i mean he they get like scorsese handpicked him and gave him a line of dialogue for the uh for the irishman like he's had ton of a ton of experiences working on shows and movies and and uh and stuff like that and he's saying this is one of his favorite projects that he's ever had the opportunity to work on (laughs) that's awesome Uh, yeah so i i mean if i can just gush about my team for a second like you know uh, you you gotta you get a lot of credit for being the director because you're like oh you're the director you're the auteur right but uh, you know anybody who's made any of these things knows that it really is a team sport and if you don't know how to pass the ball uh, and you don't know how to rely on the talent and the passion and the dedication of the team around you, then like, you know, uh, a captain without a ship is just a guy on a boat trying to, you know, floating in the ocean. Uh, and having Jeremy, <laughs> yeah, having Jeremy as our cinematographer, and Jeremy's not just a cinematographer. Uh, he did the 3D arm. The arm that we see was him. He did, he literally did the an- the rigging, the animation, and the lighting on it. And then Preston, Jimmy, and I, who are 
you know, to basically jack of all trades, but also work in VFX. The three of us went and kind of, kind of removed uh, left arm, <laughs> removed <laughs> Tyler's real arm, the sleeve that we had as temp, and kind of filled in the background. And I see, I saw some comments where people were like, "Oh, he looks skinny. He looks skinny." I was like, "Try to say that to Tyler's face because he is ripped. He's absolutely <laughs> like, like, uh, like Ben. You've met him in person. You know yeah. how ripped he is. It's yeah. like." Uh, like, I think but people Tim are comparing it guy. to the Red Hood costume has like four layers on it, which makes Tim look like a bigger guy. Than, that, yeah. I mean, Tim's a big guy, but like it makes him look like an even bigger guy. Uh, which works yeah. really well for the Venom like part. But yeah, especially after yeah. the Venom, because then he's like, Ugh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like well, but, we I mean, actually that's kind of the point. Like, no, no, go ahead. The, the, that's kind of the point with Red Hood is that he's a much more brutal character um, mm -hmm. compared to Winter Soldier. He's more of a like he's he's a trained assassin. Like right. his job is get in there and get it done as quickly as possible. Also, if you look at their official heights online, uh, Red Hood uh, floats around the six foot to six one area, and mm -hmm. Bucky floats around five nine to five eleven, which is yeah. about the height differential between Tim and Tyler. So. Uh, their heights are perfectly accurate to uh, <laughs> to what the characters are, and it's like, why does Perfect Winter Soldier casting. need to be super, uh, <laughs> super gigantic anyway? Because he has uh, super. People strength. are spoiled by the crazy Marvel training where they put you know an actor yeah. through six weeks of lifting weights and they suddenly gain like two hundred pounds of muscle like yeah. magically. Right. <laughs> I'm convinced Marvel has developed the Captain America super zero. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's I just mean, for our movies. Uh, yeah, as soon as they're out, they lose all that muscle. So it's like, well, they yeah, got they Paul got some Rudd. Kind of ripped. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and Chris Pratt, dude. Yeah, like, what happened? Chris, Chris Pratt was crazy, man. That was a transformation, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, okay. Speaking of transformations, let me let me talk about one of our uh, sponsors who can help transform you, Mac Weldon. <laughs> Wonderful. That's some sort of segue. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Mac Weldon is a premium men's essential <laughs> brand that believes in smart designs and high quality fabrics. Uh, they offer a one stop shop for men's basics: socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, and active shirts. Whatever you need, Mac Weldon has you covered. Unlike the assortment of department store brands that make up your top drawer, all of Mack Weldon's basics have a consistent fit that you can count on. They've got uh, versatility. You're not just gonna look great in Mack Weldon. Um, their underwear, socks, and shirts perform, perform well too. Uh, from working out, going out, going uh, to work or on a date, Mack Weldon is for everyday life, every aspect of life. Uh, they got incredible fabric technology of all things. Uh, Mack Weldon offers a wide range of customized fabrics that you can keep or that can keep up with you no matter what your day looks like. Uh, and holy crap, there's a bunch of words that I don't know what they mean. Silver, air knit X, dry near, warm knit. If you know what those are, they got it. <laughs> uh, Weldon Blue, uh, Mac Weldon has created a totally free loyalty program uh, called Weldon Blue. A level one gets you free shipping for life. That's actually really cool. I didn't know about that. Uh, and once you reach level two by spending $200, Mac Weldon gives you 20% off every order for the next year. I mean, thinking about how pricey clothing can be, like that's actually a really good deal. That's awesome. Um, and Mac Weldon wants you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. Uh, so um, for 20% off your first order, visit macweldon.com slash cast and enter promo code cast 
easy. Uh, repeat the, uh, so that's 20% off your first offer. Um, and that's MacWeldon.com slash cast. Enter promo code cast. Thank you, MacWeldon. All right. On to, let's see. Okay. So you talked a little bit about um, the actors. How about the costumes? So you talked a bit about the, the uh, metal arm. Um, there was a sleeve that yeah. Tyler wore, right? Um, yeah. Which uh, kind of helped, I guess, set the basis, especially for like the glove and whatnot. But right. the whole thing was CG at the end of the yep. day, which digitally replaced. I know, I know we, we talked a little bit about when we were first starting this, like, what can you guys do a CG arm or, or do we need to write the script around uh, the metal arm? Like, which would have been really disappointing. Prop? Yeah, because there, yeah. there are plenty of live action, uh, a, a, like fan live action fights with, with Winter Soldier. And, right. and I always notice that they like have to build the fight around the metal arm being functional. Uh, so yeah. they'll build a prop, but like uh, they got to damage the shoulder or the elbow or something so that it can move it. So you don't right. actually see the metal arm until it's already been damaged. Um, right. Which is smart, but we were hoping to be able to get the full reveal. And you guys pulled it off. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, there's a lot of really, really good ideas of how to do Winter Soldier's arm with like other fan fights and stuff like that. Really, really good ideas. Um, excuse me. Um, uh, so we, we, you know, we considered those options. We thought it would be easier, but ultimately we were like, I think the... <laughs> like Tyler needs full range of motion. And if we can do the arm, then we probably should um, because it would uh, elevate the overall production and, and look amazing. I'll be honest, like we've never done something quite like that before. I mean, we've, we've got a lot of experience in visual effects, mm. uh, but you know, this is our first time, you know, rigging and animating an, an arm like that. And, and Jared was very confident that he could pull it off. And I was confident in the part that I was, you know, my part of, of making it all work. So we were like, all right, let's, let's, let's do it. So we had our plan. Um, we had our plan going in, but like, it's one of those things where I was like, all right, well, we have a plan, but you know, usually, you know, everything kind of goes to, goes crazy once, <laughs> you know, once we have the footage in the can. So we'll see what happens. And, uh, and even I'm, I think even Jeremy is kind of amazed with how, like, how much he nailed it. That's Dude. another reason why we made it gunmetal colored instead of uh, silver, because it would have just, it just feels a little bit more um, uh, subdued over and just, like, constantly catching your eye. It feels like it's more of an element, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah. Dude, it looks so good. When I saw that, I, like, I lost my shit because I was just, like, I've seen, like, Full movies that do like that looked better than the CG I've seen in some very expensive yeah, movies, and so real. it's just it's wild, man. It's so hard to tell that it's CG, which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I think the the gunmetal approach <laughs> works well in that regard, especially with the the set that you guys yeah. have in the, in the lighting setup. I think it worked really well with that because I I don't think a lot of people noticed that it was a different color than normal just because of the overall look of the fight. Uh, but right. Winter Soldier specifically does look different from his MCU iteration, right? Yeah, and that was a deliberate choice because we didn't want to just, because first of all, you you made it very clear that this is not mind control Bucky. This has to be Bucky at his, at his full strength. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he has to be broken of his mind control. But uh, we also wanted to take the approach that you know, Bucky, like that killer instinct that he developed never, never goes away. So we were like, 
I decided to give him a blue undershirt. So the, the blue textured shirt he's wearing uh, that he rips the sleeve off. Uh, it's actually navy blue, which is a throwback to his, <clears throat> his original, to his Bucky Barnes like sidekick outfit. So, yeah. you know, also it would have contrasted with Red Hood's, you know, mostly red and gray motif. Um, we were going to forego the mask, but then we were like, you know, everybody should be wearing a mask. So, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's true. But, uh, but no, we were just like, uh, Tyler was like, dude, can we do the mask? Can we do the mask? And I was like, well, maybe we can come to a compromise. Because I was like, I want to see your face on this one because we – what, like we covered the this part of your face on <laughs> Daredevil, and now we're gonna cover this part of your face on Winter Soldier. You know, put it together. You got the full face. Yeah. You got the, you, you you can figure out what Tyler looks like. Mask is kind of iconic to to Winter Soldier's look anyway. People recognize yeah. that more, so right. I think that was a good call. Um, yeah, but yeah, the overall look is definitely a, a, a sort of a mix. I think of taking what people saw in the MCU and then sort of combining it with what he's like in the comics after. Uh, he breaks the mind control, which is awesome. Really good, really good call overall, I think. Uh, but what about Red Hood's outfit? Red Hood looks so badass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the, the helmet uh, I found like months ago, because obviously we've been talking about it and we've kind of been sitting on it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go look to see if I can find any helmets because we, like, we don't want to make it. So we found this Etsy store called Cos Plus 3D, and the helmet they make is unbelievable unbelievable it's 3d printed the guy's craftsmanship is amazing like we had three of them because we thought you know it's 3d printed might break but uh it didn't break it's that this it like it withstood the the stunts so and that's like tim flipping and hitting the ground and stuff like that it's like you know yeah. it was pretty solid so the overall design i was really inspired by dexter soy's red ronin outfit but obviously that's not canon so we couldn't go that route so i was like is there a way for us to kind of take inspiration from the uh the silhouette of that character so we took the silhouette from uh dexter soy's red ronin took some of the gray motif and and also his little cutoff vest mm -hmm. tim actually got that jacket which is custom made handmade premium uh leather or not it's good leather it's good quality leather good leather and <laughs> it's, it's good quality leather and it's uh it's literally uh it's literally Seven out of ten leather. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good stuff uh but it's literally sewed to fit his armor so it's it's literally like perfectly sized for the armor so uh it's it, it, it kind of looked you know like the jacket we were like we can't afford to to get like an actual jacket that's going to fit around the armor it's not going to happen but tim's like i know i know someone who can who can do this and i know they can get it done in a week and i was like all right put your money where your mouth is make it happen and he made it happen and i was like yo man tim is tim is amazing <laughs> So man i just wish we could wear this jacket at any other time uh nope. <laughs> his, his biceps are enormous <laughs> oh my gosh um that's awesome and yeah the helmet is also i think directly inspired by the red ronin art right which is really neat. it is and that those lights uh don't don't get it twisted uh he could not see um <laughs> That's what's so amazing to me, yeah. man, is like that he is able to pour up, pull off that choreography while being basically blind. <laughs> That's a pro for you, man. That's a pro.
Like there was a couple times he turned the lights off because he was doing something that was too dangerous to, you know, for him not to be able to see. But almost the entire knife fights, like he had those lights on. He was yeah. just amazing. Was I, I was, amazing. I couldn't believe it. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize he couldn't see until that part of the behind the scenes video where he's trying, he has to specifically kick the gun out of Winter Soldier's hand. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to like, hit that exactly but blind <laughs> yeah amazing it's one of my oh, favorite shots too it's like a roundhouse kick but like if you watch it it's oh, like I love that he shot. flips sideways as he's doing it he leaves the ground it's awesome yeah it's uh, a capoeira kick actually yeah uh, and he was like he was like because he trains in capoeira he's like i'd love to do a capoeira kick right here and i was like let's do a capoeira kick then bro make it happen <laughs> well <laughs> talk a little bit about the choreography who who is behind this crazy martial arts madness. So Tim actually choreographed and coordinated uh, the, the stunts uh, for this one. I, I believe him and Tyler worked pretty closely and obviously they worked within the parameters that you guys set for us. It, it was like a, it was like a, a pyramid of, of like <laughs> structure that he needed to work within. Cause then there's the stuff that you guys absolutely needed. Like the stuff that the fight required to, in order to, to be a death battle and then there was like okay here's the stuff that that i see in my head and i want to see from that choreography within these parameters and then here's your ability to kind of go free and 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 fill in the blanks and and he did it and and it's it's insane um the, i mean honestly i was floored by the choreography but you know a lot of people don't realize this but when you're shooting a fight scene there's not just and and it's between two people there aren't just two people in that fight scene. There's a third person that you don't think about, and that's the cameraman. Jeremy was the one capturing the this imagery. And our first AC, Rob, is is literally trying to pull focus. Not trying. He's amazing at pulling. He's a, yeah. just amazing technical filmmaker. Um, mm -hmm. but so he's pulling focus on the action, trying to keep everything in focus, which if you notice, almost, I, I don't even want to say almost. I think everything is properly fo in focus because uh, yeah. he's incredible. and. But Jeremy's over here, like literally, like, and you can see it in our behind the scenes. So I really recommend going and checking it out because you can see Jeremy like contorting his body like Gumby trying to get <laughs> these shots. <laughs> and not get He's him like, or the camera hit. <laughs> which is, exactly. Oh <clears throat> and uh, and the, the three of them just do this perfect dance of just getting the, the action right. And, you know, the thing about live action is is that there are real dangers and risks to, you know, shooting a real fight scene. Uh, you know, people can get hurt. So you have to know what you're doing. You have to be like there. Uh, there has to be a lot of calculation in in how we're doing these to make sure that everyone's safe and and doing everything the right the right way, you know, and Tim coordinated and made sure everything was good on his end. And yeah, I mean enough praise can't be said to our entire team man it was like everybody really brought their a game on this one it was it's kind of nuts even for us to see <laughs> oh, that's I, I said it before it's like one of the this is one of the coolest things we've ever been a part of <laughs> so like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. it's really cool everyone i've showed it to is just like wait you guys made that i'm like well Ismahawk made the fight. I was like, but yeah, we worked with them. <laughs> yeah, but like so, we made it. I mean, it was it was made yeah. by all of us. Teamwork. <laughs> yeah, it was I suppose. <laughs> crazy. Hey, Joshua yeah. and you guys wrote all the all the beats uh that needed to get hit and we just, you know, we just we just 
you know, painted the picture. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, we animated the fights. <laughs> definitely, this is definitely uh, a complicated episode as well, just in terms of the research and how much how much material there is for the characters, not just mm. because they've been around for a very long time, but because both characters existed back in like gold and silver age like the older right. an older age of comic books mm-hmm. disappeared and then came back <laughs> and uh kind of matching all of that together because those are two very different eras is, is such a complicated thing for for a research team to do um making sure everything seems consistent with the characters and making it all makes mm-hmm. sense um and then right. coming to that final conclusion uh, but yeah. i I really like how the episode turned out. I'm so proud of everybody who worked on it. Uh, it it's such an, I don't know, it, it's such a neat episode for me. Like, uh, and, and, and we've been ta- we've just been talking about doing this for so long, for so long, yeah. um, for, for over a year with you guys. And, and, uh, I, I, I think we might've mentioned this in, in an earlier cast or, or something, but we did originally plan on doing, on, on doing this earlier, but then, mm-hmm. Live action fights can be difficult to make. So, uh, you know, in order to make it, we wanted to do it right. Right. (laughs) Right. We wanted to do this right. We didn't want to just rush in and be like, uh, we can only get you half the budget that we had for Nightwing Daredevil, blah, blah, blah. So that's all we got. We didn't want to do that. Uh, We wanted to make sure you had everything you needed, which which I think the the one issue that might come from this fight is people might look at it and think like, oh, these guys have such a huge budget. (laughs) (laughs) No, man. One of the best We're, things about you and your team is being able to take the the honestly crappy budget that we have available for every episode <laughs> and make it look like it's ten times more than what it actually is. Yeah, like yeah. that's incredible to me. You know, um, yeah, I think I think some people do think that the the budget was kind of massive, which is a very huge compliment, I think, to us. I think a lot of people. I mean, we we made sure that we built it around things that we knew we could do. We recycled costume elements from from uh, Nightwing and Daredevil. We made sure, like uh, Lance from our stunt team, our at Orphan Brotherhood, was able to get us a connection at Chinatown to shoot at that location for a really great price, um, and they were really flexible with us. So there was a, there, you know, we, 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 that you don't see all the things that we had to do and all the compromises that had to be made. You only see the end result because, uh, that red hood costume was held together by gaff tape and enthusiasm. Uh, <laughs> because, you know what I mean? Like everyone's like, Oh, that costume is great. But like literally the night, before, like after the first day of shooting, like Tim's like, yo, these these gun holsters are falling apart, man. I got to stitch them up. So he literally he's, he's crashing at our house because we don't have enough for a, like a hotel room or whatever. So he's just <laughs> cla- crashing our bound downstairs, and he's literally sitting there after a whole day of fight choreography, stitching this <laughs> the gun holsters yeah. to to reinforce them. Like everyone put in the extra effort. Everybody went the extra mile, and that's what you see on screen. It's not like this team of you know, uh, like, you know, the, this the team Hollywood who brought, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like, that's the goal, right? To, to, to show that we're capable of that. And, and so that's, you know, that's, that's what we strive for to, to try to push every project, um, beyond what we did before. So even though like, like, you know, if we get another live action, if enough people want to see live action, then, <laughs> you know, uh, then it's one of those things where, uh, 
where we're going to try to push the limits in some other way on that one. It may not be in the same way, but we're going to do something else to to do something we've never done before, uh, push the limits of what we can do to, you know, create the best result Absolutely. possible. Oh, that's great. And, Absolutely. Uh, the story I like to tell too is just when we're, we're working on Nightwing versus Daredevil and it's just like, we're talking location. It was originally supposed to be on rooftops. And then you're like, well, that's going to be hard. But my buddy's dad owns a garage, and he'll probably just let us shoot there. <laughs> We're like, perfect. <laughs> now we can now we can get a new Nightwing suit. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, working working with limitations is something Death Battle you know has always done. Like. We're death battle. We're not. We're not a goddamn Hollywood movie. Uh, <laughs> so we got to deal with that all the time. Um, and and figuring out ways around uh, around those sorts of things is something that I think all of us here uh, can kind of say that we're at least you know for sure somewhat proficient in at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, you have to be uh, on YouTube. You have to be when you're like because everything is. Uh, it's just it's a it's a completely different animal, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to get oh, stuff out, especially. You guys are putting out death battles every two weeks now. I was like, you guys must be nuts. Putting out <laughs> yeah, that we're many. crazy. We're crazy. Uh, by the way, uh, suggestion in the chat from Flaming Kitty uh, for your next episode with us, Danny. Um, live action Galactus versus Unicron. We can totally do that. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> what a great suggestion. Well, we are trying to Giant push the limits of what robot. we can do. <laughs> Fly through space eating planets. We can do that. I did see a couple people mention Batgirl, which would be cool. Uh, oh, Batgirl. Yeah. yeah. But, Batgirl. I'd love to do Batgirl. I'd love to do Batman. Uh, I've never done Batman in live action because I've always felt like I wasn't ready to do him right. But I feel like <laughs> now, now I feel like we're ready for some Batman action. Hey, can we get Michael Keaton? Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you know what? Um, just, just wrapping up the conversation on, on Winter Soldier Red Hood. Uh, uh, you guys watching right now, if you guys have any thoughts on what you think would make an awesome live action death battle um comic book or otherwise you know let us know because we love working with these guys is danny and the rest of Ismahawk are such a joy to work with and they're so good at what they do that i mean unless something drastic happens i don't imagine that we're gonna stop working with them we're gonna you know keep doing this for what so long as you want to do it danny we're open to working with you we're um, in man yeah so I, I think there's um I think there is a, a definitely going to be more from this team up. Um, but before we Woo! get to the community death battle, check it Yeah, I know. I was just about to throw in there. So a lot of people, you know, ask us all the time, like, hey, I want to do what you guys do, whether that's like animation uh, or what like Danny does and like film and all that stuff. Uh, and so I'm going to tell you about one of a, a great place that we work with a lot. Um, and we actually have a lot of people from there who work on our team. And that's Full Sail University, uh, which is located just outside Orlando, Florida. Full Sail University offers associates, bachelor's and master's degrees designed for the world of filmmaking, music, gaming, art and technology. Um, it's offered both <coughs> online uh, and on campus. Uh, these programs are accelerated, so you can earn your degree half in half the time. Um, so degrees are immersive and hands-on, uh, so you can learn your craft using the same tools and technologies found in the industry. Um, I have had the privilege of getting to go out there because uh, I filmed a series with them. I've got to meet students. Uh, I've got to meet teachers. And like everyone out there is so incredibly nice. Uh, and the teachers really do take like an active interest in their students. Um, and I've just heard so many stories about their teachers, even like just going above and beyond to like really help them like get their careers kicked off um, after they've 
uh, kind of finish their classes. So it's been it's been really cool. So if you're considering it, you should definitely consider Full Sail. Uh, Full Sail grads are able to come back and uh, audit classes throughout their careers and receive lifetime career development support throughout their professional journey. Full Sail grads have gone on to do big things from mixing hit records to working on major Hollywood films to winning Oscars, Grammys, and more. Uh, they even have grads working here at Rooster Teeth, uh, which I already mentioned earlier. Uh, enrolled students receive a laptop along with industry software at a deep institutional discount. Uh, so you can learn more about full sales programs as well as potential scholarship opportunities. Uh, visit fullsale.edu slash deathbattlecast. That's fullsale.edu slash deathbattlecast. Go check them out. Uh, they're really, really awesome. Uh, it, what we do is not, I, it's so weird to say, I don't want to say standard because it's becoming more, but like, it's not, I get, I, they're not traditional. I don't know how to describe it, but what we do is weird. Um, and it's, <laughs> at least when I was growing, like when I was going through school, if I knew of a college that I, that I could go to, to be like, oh wait, I can learn how to make video games or like film stuff or like, you know, that, like it's so specialized for what we do now. It would have been really cool. So go check them out. <laughs> Yeah. The opportunities now are are kind of unbelievable for how yeah. easy it is and how approachable it is to learn filmmaking and how to do all this stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I was like, I guess I'll go for a degree in computer science. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, That's, uh, approachable is definitely a key word. This sort of stuff that we do is getting more and more approachable each day. So if you think you want to do it, if it sounds like something you want to at least, you know, look into, you can. You absolutely can. Yeah. All right. Right now, it's time to talk about the community death battle. Uh, so I believe last week we decided on, or two weeks ago, whatever it was, uh, we decided on Saitama versus Popeye. Yeah, I Naturally, I remember how that I think, came about. It's a good one. Um, <laughs> I remember so, right after we finished going live, someone tweeted at me with some insane Popeye shit. Of course, so, like, Popeye's crazy. Popeye's crazy. All right, Popeye's uh, broken. So, as always with the community death battle, we leave it up to you guys to tell us who you think should win and why um, on Twitter. So we should have some answers for that. We can go ahead and bring up the first one. And the first one is from Combo Breaker. All right. Oh boy. Yeah, Popeye one shot Saitama. Popeye <laughs> once punched Bluto so hard he turned to a into a constellation, and Popeye <laughs> gave the sun a black eye. Saitama may have punched away Boros's planet busting laser, but that's child's play compared to Popeye. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Gave the sun a black eye. How do you calculate? Punched a person into like a so hard they became a constellation. constellation. Yeah, like, <laughs> good question. <laughs> like, I guess you would have to calculate like they created enough energy from hitting the person to create stars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why, watch yourself, bitch! Or I'm gonna punch you into stars. <laughs> what is the science on that? <laughs> uh, that is like, what does that mean? Like his punch is like equivalent to the Big Bang? Because like. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, or at least like a reverse supernova of some kind. All right, let's let's check out yeah. the answer for Popeye. Or not Popeye. No, I think Saitama. that was the answer for Popeye. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Saitama. Uh, this one's from Alex in a lot of numbers. Uh, Saitama is leagues faster than Genos, which puts him leagues faster than Light, and can one-shot anything, even taking down Boros, uh, uh, a planet buster, in a few hits. 
Right. Now, speed okay. is interesting here. Uh-huh. But I, I don't think Popeye could be killed. Um, <laughs> All he has to do is eat well, spinach, man. It's yeah, like steroids for him. Is Saitama fast enough and smart enough to intercept the spinach? <laughs> I don't think so. I think Saitama would be all about like, what's this guy eating a can of food? Okay, like you know, like spinach. Is <laughs> like okay. That's probably mm-hmm. what his reaction would be. Oh, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think Popeye's Popeye. I think would would own Saitama. I love Saitama, but Popeye is is broken OP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I wish I could find that tweet, but I. uh I made a very bold tweet yesterday, and I have like a bajillion responses from it. So, oh, your pickle tweet? Yes. Oh yeah, you are a terrible person. I was just—I don't know—I was feeling spicy, and I truly loathe them. So I just like had this moment. I don't remember what brought it on. And I think I thought about like I don't know, just something. I was just like, you know what? Fuck. Pickles. I assumed it was some pickle accident incident. Like you ate, you bit into something no, that wasn't I, supposed I, to have I, pickles, like, and no, had I just kind of woke up with that hate. Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. Right. I just I thought, man, yeah. fuck pickles. <laughs> uh, dude, fuck pickles. No, man. I love pickles. It's like I love uh, pickles to the death. The Titans trailer, except instead of fuck Batman, it's fuck pickles. And it's <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, we need to get back on topic. A little um, bit of let's, uh, so, I wish, I wish I had those responses. Danny, you are voting for Popeye. Sounds like I think I'm. I think I got to go with Popeye. Yeah. All right, uh, Josh. Yeah. Which way are you leaning? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you got to go Popeye. Chad, I'm, I'm leaning towards Popeye. Oh, God, I really, this is I'm so frustrated. I can't get this tweet. Um. <laughs> I do, I do feel like we might be underselling Saitama a little bit here by just saying, like, hey, you defeat a planet buster or whatever. Um, but <laughs> Saitama's definitely an interesting one because we don't technically know what his upper limit would be. But Popeye's kind of stupid nuts, so... Popeye was a cartoon in an era where they... <laughs> just <laughs> went so like totally loony with it all like he's a loony tune things. basically yeah. yeah they just did stuff so it's like, they're like this could be fun let's do it <laughs> yeah he's like eat spinach and all of a sudden his muscle goes from his bicep to his forearm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh logic what's that we don't need that for this sort of animation all right so uh, we should do popeye popeye all across to. the board absolutely I would love to do a Popeye episode. <laughs> I've seen Popeye versus Saitama suggested several times. I don't necessarily know if that's the best matchup for both of them. I'd actually love to hear from you guys about that. Everybody's watching this. Uh, yeah. If this seems like the best, because obviously Saitama has more to him than just what we've talked about. It's possible that this matchup is a lot closer than we're saying right now. Um, if this seems like the matchup for both of those characters, let us know on Twitter. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys about it. Uh, but if there's a better matchup for both of them, because I, I want to bring both these characters into Death Battle, but but both of them are so tricky. Yeah, uh, Saitama, yeah Saitama is very tricky. We've talked about that so many times. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Um, but uh, we're also getting to know what you think about this matchup right now, specifically who should win, uh, because every time we do one of these, there's a poll on Twitter that you can vote on. So let's go ahead and bring up the poll. It's going to be Saitama. Oh, it's oh, a lot closer than I thought, though. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty oh, close. Oh wow. Yeah. I was I was expecting a pretty clean sweep just because Saitama is more 
in the mainstream or whatever. No. But right. that, that was really close. Yeah. Some kids are probably like, who the hell is Popeye? <laughs> <laughs> he was played uh, by Robin Williams at one yeah. Popeye versus yeah. Roadrunner yeah. is amazing. In the chat. Yes, I know. Oh, my God. Those, those prosthetic arms. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think of Guys. every time. There it is, man. There's our next live action. Popeye. <laughs> uh, that's oh. it. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, well, speaking of next battle, uh, Danny, is there any community death battle you would like to throw into the ring for next time? I'm going to throw out uh, Akuma versus Liu Kang. Ooh. A little bit of Street Fighter Ooh. Mortal Kombat action. A little, little martial arts, little Street superpowers. Fighter Mortal Kombat, huh? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, we did a bunch of Street Fighter Mortal Kombat death battles, like in early death battle history, because we yeah, back yeah. when we were a video game company. Uh, I think right, we ran right. out of the cool characters. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, okay, Akuma versus Liu Kang. Interesting. Is this Liu Kang from like, I guess the more recent games where he gets like crazy? Does he get like time powers or something? I guess he might go a little too far at the end of the recent Mortal Kombat. Are they both get the super universe? OP. Is it Liu Kang who resets the universe? I can't remember. I know Liu Kang becomes like a god, so yeah. <laughs> and they both have like cool glowy powers at some point. They're both like because he goes because like Akuma has the the oni form, right? The oni. That's Akuma. right. So he, he, he gets some sort of crazy form at the end of the latest Mortal Kombat, uh, and right. then he like absorbs what's her name's powers or something like that and resets the universe because of course he does. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so Akuma versus Liu Kang uh, with her with their powered up. Typical power sets. Let's do that. As always, with the community death battle, you can let us know who you think should win and why using hashtag death battle cast on Twitter. Um, there will be a poll up as well, uh, I guess, later today, since we're recording this on Friday. And this is going up on YouTube, I believe, like pretty soon. Now? So, I don't know. Sure. Uh, it'll be up on, just keep an eye out on the death battle Twitter. Also, make sure to check out the Ismahawk Twitter. That's just at Ismahawk, I S M A Hawk. <laughs> pretty easy um <laughs> definitely check them out uh let's see oh i did I, I forgot to mention this at the top of the episode um check out merch. check this out buy the merch i'm wearing wiz's shirt guys yeah and the and death battle tees who, who was it who didn't realize that this meant rock and roll it was, was liam yeah, it was Liam. Yeah, every writer didn't roll. know what this meant. <laughs> He's like, I thought it was just. Like, I thought it was just like really into recycling. It's like <clears throat> recycle rock, yeah. rock, rock recycle. What do you recycle yeah. rocks into? Um, yeah, do, rock you do you rock if you recycle? So <laughs> this is the store. That death metal shirt's on the store. store. The game is back on the store. Nice. This thing sells out so fast. So if you want the game, you should go check that out. And there's a boomstick uh, hat. There's a boomstick hat. Um, I'm going to drop just a fun quick fact about that shirt, which is when Ben and I were making the official art, knowing that we're, knowing that we're going to create Wiz and Boomstick and they're going to be appearing in Death Battle. Um, I, we, we were joking around because I was like, I was like, Wiz needs like a lame ass shirt. Like he needs like a lame ass like science <laughs> shirt, like a science pun shirt that he thinks is like the coolest thing ever, right? A how do you do fellow kids like, shirt kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? And then we're like, and then so we're like, how would you rock and roll? And so we came up with that. And when I sent that to our concept artist, I said, as a, as a rock with arrows going around it, they used literal arrows, like bone arrow arrows. Yeah, in the first right. concept. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I see how you got that. But let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh my it's god fun. but i love uh, that shirt i love it so much yes <laughs> uh definitely there's a bunch of other awesome uh stuff on the rooster teeth store especially from rtx uh there's uh, some really cool shirts from there um all right i think that about wraps up everything we wanted to talk about today uh thank you so much danny for joining us and for yeah. everything that you do you you uh you and the crew are are so fantastic real quick you you kind of give a shout out to some of the rest of the crew but but is there anybody else from the crew that you want to give a shout out to and or, or talk about a little bit way to put him on the spot now he's like oh god if i forget somebody <laughs> yeah i mean anybody who's who's watching i'm sorry if i forget anybody every single person was so important and integral you know we have Jeremy, the cinematographer, Melissa, who did production design and produce, Trevor, who was our AD, keeping me in line on set. Um, we had Rob Machado and Tyler, the the our our camera team, the spicy boy Fred, and Preston and, and Jimmy, our uh, our our uh, our grips on set, and uh, oh my gosh, so many people. Uh, we had honestly like Ian, our our writer and editor he was editing on my girlfriend and also a makeup artist like we had so many people doing so many different things and if you go check out the behind the scenes you can see like the super grody hand uh makeup she did mm -hmm. on red hood's hand that's like the throwback to under the red hood uh it's, it's so it's it was i was looking out on set i was like Ugh. also but, i'm glad you didn't forget to give her a shout out that could have been the most detrimental to you i feel <laughs> um. that would have <laughs> I'm sure I forgot someone, uh, but I, you, I love you, our entire You've been crew. sprinkling in people throughout this yeah. whole whole cast, yeah. so it, it's totally totally makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, everybody, your whole crew. I think I said the same thing for Nightwing Daredevil. One one of the one of my favorite things about you uh, and and just your crew in general is your ability to find people who not only are really good at what they do, but are passionate about it. And I think. Yeah. That is such an important thing um, when it comes to making these sorts of projects, especially when it is a smaller team. Uh, and, and you got it, man. You could just like apparently just look at somebody and be like, yeah, they'd be totally into this. Let's do it. Yep. <laughs> Which is awesome. That's a talent that I don't think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people have. Um, yeah, I, I can smell passion and I can smell drive. <laughs> and I'm like, are you, are you trying to do something? Are you trying to make some cool stuff? Cause like, let's, let's talk. And, yeah, that's I, I also feel very lucky. You know, it's definitely not a superpower. I, I've always felt my growing up my whole life. I don't have any real uh, any, any real talents. I just work really oh, stupid please. hard and am able to <laughs> uh, help help bring the best out of the people around me. And um, and they bring in turn, bring out the best in me. And, you know, uh, it really is a team effort. And, you know, I, I've, I've been I've done this alone. You know, I've I've, I've been there. Uh, you know, you guys went to film school. I know you did, Ben. Um, you know, w when you're starting out, it's it's like it's hard to to figure this out. Oh, uh, I remember someone. Our our sound team, Dog and Pony Sound. I gotta throw them uh, a, sh a major shout out because like he did almost all the sound work in post production. It's like because we didn't have a sound person on set, so a, a lot of people don't know this, but you can watch a movie with bad audio visuals, but you can't watch a movie movie with bad audio. So he had to go in and really do so much, him and his team, and our, our composer, John Sikolinski, who did uh, Red Winter. Uh, Got to give them a shout out, too. Sorry. Uh, I couldn't forget them. They were very important. Yeah, I love it earlier, because yeah. Brandon Yates was in the chat. He says, don't forget to thank your composer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got, I got you, John. I got you, John. 
<laughs> All right. Well, next episode that we got coming up, speaking of Brandon Yates, he did the music for uh, Venom versus Krona, which is the first time we're bringing a Soul Eater character into Death Battle. And man, I, I wasn't very familiar with Soul Eater going into this. Oh boy, Soul Eater's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's going to be a fun episode and a weird, creepy one just in time for October. All right. Ooh. Thank you all so much for watching this um, surprise morning episode of Death Battle Cast. Yep. This hey, isn't a regular it, thing. We usually do this Wednesday at noon Central Time. Yep. And if you are watching live and you're looking for more stuff that you can watch right now, this is the final day of RTX at home. Head over to roosterteeth.com forward slash live and check out uh, the very last day of RTX. Go do it. Say hi to people <laughs> in the chat. Tell them we sent you. So then they're like, great. Good job, Death Battle Cast. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Okay. That's a good way to end. That's right. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks again for having me, guys. Yep. Bye.